I recently found the diary that I kept during my student teaching adventures in Ireland. It was in our garage, buried underneath the random stuff that my mom has decided to save, like including old report cards of mine. Like, why, mom? Report cards from elementary school. Um, And I found it, and I was just going through it. And it was so much fun to go through all of the little sketches that I made of the house that I stayed in and the school where I taught. And I wrote down a lot of the funny little Irish-isms, we'll call them, or the things that the kids said to me. And I thought I'd share a couple with you today. One of them was, and I would say this in an Irish accent, but I literally just spent the last five minutes trying to do an Irish accent, and I always sounded like a combination of Australian and then an alien. I don't know. It was quite horrifying. So I won't do that to you, but here we go. Here's some of their sayings. So you're from Indiana. Does that make you a hillbilly? Actually, no. That makes me a huger. Another thing they said was, Miss, they always called me Miss, which I loved. Miss, is it true that every guy in America has a nickname like Bill or Bob? Pretty much accurate unless you live in Kentucky, in which case you are known as Billy Bob. And one of my favorites, Miss, do you have a rubber? I've messed up my drawing. Yeah, a rubber, in case you didn't catch that, is an eraser. These are the things I wish I'd known before going over to Ireland. It's so fun for me to go back and flip through this diary and thinking of all the memories that just come flooding back. But to be honest, I remember every last bit of that student teaching experience like it was yesterday. I mean, I couldn't tell you what I had for dinner last night, but I could tell you what I was wearing, the time of day it was, what the weather was like when my students in Ireland would say those things to me. And when you're beginning teaching, you think that it's always going to be this way. You think that teaching art and creating and working on lessons, decorating your art room, hanging art shows, all of it is always going to be what gets you out of bed in the morning. But there might come a time for you, as it did for me, when you get up, you look around, you ask yourself, is this it? Is every morning for the next 30 years going to be like this? Like this mad rush to get out the door, fill paint trays, wash brushes, teach the same projects, and remind the kids 3,000 times where the trash can is? If you're asking yourself that question, you are not alone. You can call it burnout, depression, maybe even a midlife crisis, but I call it perfectly normal and just another day in the life of art teacher. Here's the thing about being an art teacher. It's stressful. I remember I was in my third year of teaching and I went to the doctor. I was having these frequent stomach issues and headaches so often that I was taking Advil nonstop. And after some blood work and some tests, the doctor came in and she told me I was stressed. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I know. You needed a PhD and half of my blood to figure that one out? And I remember she asked me, what do you do for a living? I teach art. That's what I told her. 
You know how doctors are always frantically writing on notepads? I don't even know what they're writing. It doesn't even matter what they're writing. Nobody can read their writing anyway. But I remember she stopped scribbling mid-scribble and looked up at me over her bifocals and said, teaching art does not sound like a job you need to stress over. And then she left. Here's the other thing about being an art teacher. No one is going to understand why you are stressed except other art teachers. What people don't understand, those people who aren't art teachers, is that art teacher and stress never ends. I mean, granted, it's summertime for me right now. And in the summer, we get a little bit of a breather. But come fall, we're like a tiny little Bob Ross in a hamster wheel. I remember walking out of that doctor's office with my prescribed bottle of milk of magnesia and prune juice. Wait for it thinking, is this it? Am I always going to feel this way? I remember later that night, I was in the kitchen talking to Mitch, telling him about my day, telling him how I was feeling while I was standing there mixing up this mug of one tablespoon milk of magnesia to one cup prune juice. I can still remember I was able to read her little scribble-scrabble on her notepad. That was what this woman wanted me to drink. And I'm standing there mixing it up, telling him how I just felt like I must be the worst art teacher ever for having these feelings about teaching art. And I remember Mitch said two things to me. He said, it is normal to feel that way about any job. And then he also said, please do not drink that. Y'all, I was determined. I took one big swig of the stuff and I can still taste it. I don't know if you've ever tried milk of magnesia. It's nasty. Then you mix it with prune juice. It's the most horrifying cocktail ever. After spitting that stuff down the sink and dumping out the rest, I remember turning to Mitch and saying, you are right on all fronts. And also, That doctor is full of... Look, this art teacher and thing and the stress slash burnout that you might be feeling isn't it. It isn't all there is or all there's ever going to be unless you allow it to be that way. If you're struggling with this, as I was and I still very often do, first know this. It's okay. You are perfectly normal. And you are not a bad art teacher. I think that everybody, no matter what their career is, gets to the point where they ask themselves that question. And it's fine. As long as you do something about it. And I can only tell you what I have done. I have gotten a therapist. I know there's a lot of folks out there right now who are into the whole self-care thing, and I love that. I'm here for it. But sometimes what you're feeling goes beyond putting a Band-Aid of a a mani-pedi on it. Sometimes, and you'll know in your gut, that this feeling isn't going to go away. 
but you shouldn't be afraid. The worst thing you could do would be to put a Band-Aid on it and ignore it. Find a professional who can help you. If you're not sure where to start, your insurance provider through your work should be able to offer up a list of somebody that you can go see. And just know, excuse me, when you find a therapist, it's a lot like dating. You'll talk to a person and you'll immediately feel right away comfortable sharing your feelings with this person, or you may not. And if you don't, then find somebody else where you do. You would hate to find yourself in a situation where you're sharing your feelings with somebody who just doesn't get it, at least how, you know, from your perspective. So find somebody who does. And I remember I felt really silly about going at first. I was like, I'm an art teacher who's stressed and I need a therapist. Look, this is what you might say to yourself, but you'll know in your gut If there's something else going on, something that goes beyond just the daily stress of teaching. And what I was struggling with was something I felt I could not do alone. And for me, talking to a therapist once a week for many months really helped. Now, of course, I think that treating yourself, taking a break from teaching and Really spending time alone and doing what you truly enjoy is really important. And I know that's hard because so many of us have families and children and obligations, but I'm telling you that that is the part of self-care that I am all for. You, you do need that moment or moments to yourself and one of the benefits of treating yourself is that it allows you to just take a break, think, and prioritize all of those things that you might feel stressed about. And I think that is what really helps me do my next suggestion, which is try to put things in perspective. Okay, so if life had a panic button, or I often envision that that life would have a reset button. If it had either of those things, y'all, I would have worn those buzzers out. I don't know if you know this, but I was recently on an episode of Nailed It on Netflix, season three, episode three, in case you haven't seen it. And if you um, have, then you know in the second round, within the first three minutes, I hit the panic button. (laughs) that's pretty much how I live my life. And I really don't recommend it. What I recommend you do and what I try to do daily is to pause. That's what I need. I need a pause button. Take a step back and really try to relax and prioritize. Whatever I'm stressing about at that moment, whether it be some sort of art show nitpicky thing or a display or some sort of visual I want to create for my students that has to get done right now, when I find myself panicking like this, I just try to think, is this really going to matter in five years? 
In five years, is anybody really going to know that I didn't get that one tiny little detail done for the art show? In five years, is anybody going to be like, hey, Stevens, remember that time you made that bulletin board and it sucked? No. Nobody's going to remember that. But you are going to remember in five years the stress of what you put yourself through. That's what's going to stay with you. Don't let it. Take a break. Put things in perspective. I think it'll really help. Another thing I would suggest doing if you're thinking, is this it, is returning to your passions. And when I first started teaching, I let, I threw all of my passions out the window because I thought that I had to focus strictly and solely on teaching. I stopped painting. I stopped dressing funky, which is a creative outlet for me. I stopped sewing. I stopped embroidery. I didn't have time for none of that because I had to read every book, write every lesson plan, prep my room beautifully. I wore myself out. And I remember thinking at one point, this is going to sound crazy, that I needed to listen to a little bit of advice that was written on my strawberry shortcake canopy bed. I'm going to, that's right, I'm giving you advice from the shortcake herself. My canopy bed had um, strawberry shortcake isms all over it. And one of them I still remember. And it was a little work and a little play all add up to a very nice day. If you find yourself just working, 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 and not creating and not taking time for yourself, you need to stop. You need to return to those passions, those creative outlets. That's what's going to rejuvenate you and help you answer that is this it question. Because no, this isn't it. Life is so much more than just art teaching. You might have let go of it. You need to find it again. I'd also suggest loving on yourself. So many of us just spend a lot of time beating ourselves up. And when we have kids in our class that do that, we correct them. I mean, if I have a kid in my class who's trying to learn how to weave and they're struggling, I'll hear them say, I'm bad at this. I'm no good at weaving. I can't do this. And we have a little chat about how that negative talk can become reality if you let it. You haven't learned it yet. You haven't gotten it yet. Why is it that we tell those things to our students, but yet we don't take our own advice? I say, take your own advice. Go easy on yourself. Be gentle. Learn to love yourself because nothing good will ever come from beating yourself up. Another thing I would suggest <laughs> is taking a little social media break slash breather. If you're on social media, like my favorite is Instagram, for even a hot second, you start scrolling and you see amazing art lessons, beautiful art rooms, fabulous outfits. You never see anything that is, I'm just going to be honest, reality. Nobody's 24-7 day looks as glorious as Instagram does. And I think all of us know that. 
all of us, I think, know that Instagram is a highlight reel of people's day. If you didn't know that, now you do. But even though we know that, when you're doing a lot of time scrolling, you you forget to tell yourself this. And you might start comparing yourself, whether you want to or not, to what you're seeing on social media. A lot of times I get frustrated and I'll just kind of throw my phone down. That's not how I want to be spending my time. If you find yourself in that kind of mindset where you're experiencing frustration instead of inspiration by social media, take a break. Prioritize. Love on yourself and go do something that you want to do, something that will make you happy. And last of all, I would say spend time alone, be honest with yourself, and set some goals. When you have that is this it feeling, then what is it that you feel is missing? For me, when I was asking myself that question, I had just gotten back from a trip visiting a high school friend, and he knew me as the artsy girl in high school. So he was asking me, you know, what have you been making? What have you been creating? And I was like, the lesson plans, the visuals, I painted a mural in my art room. And he was like, yeah, but what are you making? And I know what he meant, like for myself. I wasn't creating at all. And I told myself it was okay, that I was devoting time to teaching and I didn't have any time for anything else. Here's the thing. Nobody has time. None of us do. But we've got to somehow learn to make the time. Once I started being honest with myself and I started thinking of some things I wanted to create and forming some creative goals, things that I wanted to achieve that I wanted to, you know, get out my canvases again and paint. I wanted to learn how to sew and maybe even make an apron. And even though these goals and things, they changed as time went on, at least I had goals and at least I was moving towards something that wasn't just teaching. And added bonus, it made me a happier person, which made me for a happier teacher. I I can't answer the, is this it question for you, but I can tell you that I've struggled to answer that question myself. And those are the ways that I have worked and still work to answer that question for me. Let's go back to Ireland, shall we? So despite the fact that we speak the same language as the lovely folks in Ireland, obviously there are some words that have different meanings, like the whole rubber versus eraser type thing. I have another story for you. I remember one day after school, after the kids' soccer game, the soccer coach was, coach was standing on the sidelines and it was starting to rain. Now, this soccer coach, y'all, he was pretty cute. He was easy on the eyes. And I wanted to get to know him just a little bit better. Don't you worry. This is way before I was married. And I remember walking up to him. He was surrounded by all the boys who had just finished playing the match. And I tapped him on the shoulder and I said, hey there, 
Um, any chance you could give me a ride home? That pause right there that you hear, that was the same pause that happened after I spoke that sentence, except I'm pretty sure it felt a whole lot longer. And then it was like somebody pressed the unpause button because suddenly the boys like erupted and laughter and slapping the coach on the back and they started gyrating their hips and saying, yeah, coach, are you going to give her a ride home? So obviously, ride means something a little bit different in Ireland than it does here in the States, which I guess is why it's called Lyft and um, not ride at car sharing service. Anyway, regardless, he did end up giving me a lift and not a ride home, in case you're wondering. And I spent the rest of my time student teaching in Ireland trying to avoid him at all costs. That embarrassment that I felt, which pretty much lasted the entire duration because that story got around the school that I was in Ireland. But eventually I got through it. I mean, I can look back now and make fun of myself and laugh about it. You might not look back and laugh at whatever stress you are feeling right now, but just know that you'll get through it if you try.